Belly and the fish. Belly. Belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish, and we're here with big old Ben, Belly Smokes Hunter. How we doing, Corby? Yeah, not too bad. And welcome, John. Nice haircut, Johnny haircut. Yeah, How we doing? Great, great domer you got on there, you kid. Yeah, I didn't get much sleep last night, but at least I look good. Yeah, debatable. Well, I wouldn't go that far, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> How was the weekend for you guys? I know I was a hungover piece of shit all Sunday. Yeah, I had a, had a little birthday gathering, which led to piece of shit Saturday, which ultimately rolled into piece of shit Sunday. So I uh, had to do, um, I worked out already at work today, and then I got to go work out after this thing just to get myself back in line. It's been wild. Jeez. I had a long weekend. We had my my wife's mom and sister came and stayed with us for a couple nights, and then we immediately packed up and went to my mom's house because I have a work training this week. And so that was our first time leaving the house with the baby. So it was a little stressful, but we got it done. But she was so fussy last night. So running on fumes today for sure. Wait, you're going to a work training? What are they going to teach you how to t- make a Mai Tai? Uh, well, we do have to <laughs> learn 23 different cocktails Ooh. by heart. I thought uh, I thought it was going to be like a, a, an offshoot of your actual job. I didn't think it was actually going to be in no, the back. It's, it's a, no, this is a new spot. Oh, there you go. And so we are, it's like a whole staff training for this week. Yeah. I called Ben Saturday morning just to talk about, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, Hey, what's up belly. And he's like, I can't talk right now. I got a needle in my arm. And I'm like, what did you take up heroin or something? He's like, no, I've got an IV and man, it was a rough night. I'll explain (laughs) later. Just ushered me off the phone. So what the hell was up with that? How did you get just an IV an actual IV in your Uh, home? Someone who shall not be named. Um, has a line on them and they come over and plug us in sometimes. It's delightful. Huh. You gotta pay for that? Fuck no. Wow. Man, so Ivy is on deck. Now I know your secret recipe. That's how you keep doing it week in, week out. <laughs> I actually have been going pretty, pretty light as of late. And uh not on my birthday though, because uh I got a party for the people. Yep. It's your birthday, but you got to do it for everybody. No, else. I'm doing it for everybody else. That's for damn sure. Well, glad you had fun paying Thanks, the man. price Sunday and today, but whatever. Well, no, I'm, I'm back now because uh, the party was on Friday. So I'm back. I'm back. I'm feeling good. 90% Ben. That's all. We yeah. Need. Better yeah, than most weeks we get you. So you don't ever need more than like 60. So 90 is a lot. Well, you were here on time today. Uh, yeah, I was well ahead of time. I left the work. I left the office about ten minutes early because I'm a crazy person. Yep, you are wild belly. But let's jump right into it. Uh, just talk about um, order operations here. We'll talk about the Lions a little bit, but not a whole lot of news. So we'll jump into the divisional round matchup and we'll preview the conference championships with betting with the belly we've also got bowels of the belly so we'll see what belly's got cooked up for us and a special little jeopardy segment so stick around so let's talk lions real quick uh obviously the ben johnson news broke about halfway through our recording of the last episode um the one new piece of information that we received over the week was apparently he got a very large raise to stay as the lions offensive coordinator Yeah, a little juicy. It's a little unclear if that was offered before or after he decided to come back to Detroit, but I'm thinking that it was probably like, hey, Ben, like if you stay, we'll, we'll you know, double, triple your salary. And maybe that was kind of what pushed him over the edge and tort in terms of staying just because there wasn't a whole lot of other opportunities out there. Stay on a good offense for another year and, you know, be able to take your pick of the litter next year when some more vacancies are available, maybe some better teams, better opportunities. But yeah, yeah, I'm okay with paying him a little bit more just to stay on. I mean, that's what he needed to push him over the top. And, you know, that was kind of the one scary thing that we had looming last week. So Keeping Ben Johnson, obviously I'm a-okay with that, and everybody else seems on board. But we're not quite out of the woods yet. We've got Aaron Glenn still interviewing. We knew about the Colts interview last week, but he did have an in-person interview with the Cardinals on Saturday. So that was a late addition. Um, That's something that's developing. And, you know, Cardinals, not a bad team. 
it seems like the the new GM wants to get somebody in there who can manage Kyler Murray, and he's already kind of shown an affinity for former players being coaches. So, you know, a little bit concerning, but at the same time, you know, the defense speaks for itself. Aaron Glenn hasn't had a top defense in his two years as defensive coordinator, and he definitely has that head coach personality, and he's somebody who's kind of been pegged as a future HC, but I don't know. Same with the Ben Johnson. I'm not very scared of uh, losing Aaron Glenn. And to be honest, if he did move on, I think we've got a couple other candidates who could step in and fill fill his shoes. So, yeah, I was, we'll I was kind of feeling the same way. You know, is it a lack of talent thing or more on Glenn? I think this year it's a bit of both, but I'm not. Uh, sold on him necessarily being the guy if he were to leave i think we could replace him a lot more easily than replacing whatever chemistry ben johnson has got going on with that offense but at the same time i mean you look at dan campbell and he was just an assistant head coach for the saints never an offensive or defensive coordinator but we hired him because he was our guy because he could change the culture. So maybe another team kind of looks at that and thinks, Hmm, I could bring Aaron Glenn in and he's somebody who could be the player's coach. And so for some of these rebuilding teams, they might see him as, you know, the guy who could start building something for the future, something long-term as opposed to just get more wins. Cause I don't think that he's proven that he is, you know, a stellar defensive coordinator so far. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a great coordinator to be a good head coach. No. So, no. Um, though I will say Dan Campbell didn't. He did. He had some limited head coaching because he did the interim. The interim, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, got a point I mean, there. You know, I guess that's a li- like I would definitely rather hire someone who had at least done half of a season as a head coach than never. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, and like I said, I really don't think that he is going to be their guy. I mean, if he is, then good for him. You know, you got to take those head coaching jobs when, when the offer is presented, but I just don't see it. He's got the personality. He doesn't have the resume. It was the opposite for Ben Johnson. He had the resume. He didn't have the personality. So, but I would much rather keep Ben Johnson than Aaron Glenn at this point. I think he's proven a little bit more and clearly the offense loves him. So. Well, yeah, the offense was humming. The defense was primarily the area with some issues, so that makes sense to me. The offense was humming, and the defense was like Yoko Ono screaming. <laughs> uh, uh, I will, uh, I will say, I don't. Aaron Glenn seems like kind of a hard ass. I don't know if that's what Kyler Murray's going to respond to, Mister. I love to play Call of Duty so much you have to write it in my contract. That's I'd in his contract. Yeah. Well, they took it out. Oh, yeah. Do you not remember that? No, I just How remember did you not the hear meme. about this. I saw the memes and everything, but I didn't know yeah. that he actually came out and said that I have it Call was... of Duty in my contract. It, no, it wasn't Arden Call of Duty. Was, uh, leaked it. They they basically said you're not allowed to do extracurricular activities without doing X amount of playbook studying per night, and especially not on game weekends or something like that. Yeah, it was like four hours of film study a week, I believe, outside of practice. Yeah. But it was essentially um, just targeted at the fact that all he does is play Call of Duty all night. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Aaron Glenn's like a hard ass. That's more like a Matt Patricia. Like, that wouldn't work out. But I could see Aaron Glenn at least, you know, garnering some respect as a former player. For and sure. I don't think that he's, you know, ruling with an iron fist kind of guy. I think he's more of a motivator, kind of similar to Dan Campbell. I mean, you saw it on Hard Knocks with him and Deuce Daly going at it. And I think he brings a different kind of energy than what Cliff Kingsbury is bringing. I mean, you see like the, you remember the Hard Knocks when it would show like the previews of the Cardinals and then it was just Cliff Kingsbury sitting in his gray office, just black and white, just watching film <laughs> as quiet as a mouse. It was so awkward. I knew that he was pretty much, a, it was a done deal. As soon as I saw that, I was like, is he really going to stick around another year? And Cardinals flopped again. So, I mean, they definitely need to change something. And it looks like they're kind of been trending towards another rebuild. So Cardinals got a lot of work to do. And I don't think that Aaron Glenn would be a bad hire, but I think that there's better out there. So, but we've already kind of talked about these uh, coordinators going for the head coaching interviews. Aaron Glenn is the one guy who are not quite, uh, out of the woods on yet 
And I did want to fess up to one error that I made last week. I said there was going to be six vacancies, but turns out Todd Bowles is very well employed by the Buccaneers. It was Byron Lefwich who was fired. So only five vacancies. And uh, I thought maybe that there was a chance that the Cowboys would be moving on from Mike McCarthy, but Jerry Jones said that he had, and more or less, he said that he has no plans to move on from him. And I guess I understand it because, you know, they had two 12 win seasons, you know, these past two years and he just won a playoff game. But I just have a feeling that Jerry wants to win a Super Bowl now and Sean Payton is his guy. And it seems like this is the year to go out and get Sean Payton. But he is, a mm. you know, the hottest commodity in this head coach church. So they're, they'd be going against five other teams. So I don't think that he parts ways with Mike McCarthy unless he has a pretty much a guarantee that Sean Payton's coming in to be the head coach. And and the Saints want like multiple first round picks or something for him. Didn't I they didn't say know that? It was multiple, but or, I don't know. I, I saw something about at least a first round pick that they want for him. Yeah, which maybe a first round pick makes sense. But if you're the Broncos, I mean, you just got the first back for Bradley Chubb. But at the same time, you lost all years in that trade to Seattle for Russell Wilson. So I don't know, man. Broncos are a dumpster fire. I don't know why everybody is saying that it's such a hot destination for a head coach to go to just because they have new ownership and they're trying to, you know, make some flash. But Russell Wilson, I mean, I wouldn't feel confident in taking that job. It's not like he, he had his worst season by far in his entire career. And they just traded off Bradley Chubb and they got some pieces on defense, but you know, you got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Javante Williams coming back from an injury. I mean, those are good pieces, I guess, but I don't know. Everybody acts like the Broncos are such a hot destination. That should be the favorite, but I don't really get it. I think that the Broncos that got a lot of hype and they just flopped. I don't know. We'll see. Nobody has made a hire just yet. Uh, it seems like round two interviews are heating up. Some teams needed to hire GMs first and doesn't really, you know, the order of hiring GMs and coaches is up for debate. Most of the time, it's safe to say you'd like to get a GM secured before you make your head coaching hire. But, yep, no movement on the head coaching front at this point. So in the next few weeks, we should get some more info. Obviously, some other teams out of the playoffs, those coordinators on the playoff teams that have been bounced have have a little bit more flexibility on when they can go in for interviews. So we expect some progress in the coming weeks here. Uh, One more tidbit on the lions front in their front office. Uh, They lost their college scouting director, Dave Sears. He took a promotion to the Cardinals, obviously not a good thing, but at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. I heard that he was pretty big in the, uh, the evaluation of James Houston. So obviously he's got some talent if, you know, that's one of the key reasons why they hired him, you know, so be it. I think that Brad Holmes brought in a lot of good evaluators when he took over and obviously he's been killing it when these past true drafts. And now we have, you know, the most capital that we've had yet going into this year. So yeah, it's looking bright. I'm excited for the draft. It's mock draft season. So you've been seeing a bunch flying around every day. There's something new and we'll have a little bit more for the, uh, the people will get a belly in the fish mock draft out sometime after the Super Bowl. It's going to be a little too early. I haven't been able to dive in deep on anybody just yet, but we'll have that coming pretty soon here. Oh, I've, then- do- I've dove on the offensive side of the ball. I'll tell you that much. It's going to yeah. change so much, but I had to get, uh, I had to get my feet wet early. Yeah, Ben's yeah. over texting me. Oh, I, there's this mid fourth round guy that I am just dying to get. Well, dude, I was trying to trade for the pick, and meanwhile, you came in with some bullshit, act, acting all cool, like, "Oh, I, I made a kid. Maybe I'll pull this off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally I'll go and actually watch a couple of games worth of tape, or at least some clipped up tapes of their specific like plays, not just highlights. But there's a lot that goes into my analysis. Most of it is offensive, but I'll do some like, you know, top three round guys defensively. And then after that, it's just kind of a crapshoot. Like there'll be some sleepers that I might know about. But, you know, after that, it's just kind of I trust the GM to find these diamonds in the rough in those later rounds. So, yeah, we'll do like a, you know, a two or three round mock at some point for the people. But I still need to dive in and educate myself a little bit. Normally on a a regular Lions season, I would be looking at these mock drafts halfway through the season. But after our little run, I've just been putting it off and, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid while the Lions were on a little streak there. So 
another thing that came out about the Lions is we might be going overseas to play in Germany against the Chiefs. It is not confirmed yet, but the Chiefs are the home team, and of their eight home opponents, the Lions are kind of due for an international game. They haven't played one since 2016. Uh, The Bills are also on the Chiefs' home schedule, and they haven't played since 2015 overseas, Uh, but they already do have a home game scheduled in London, so they are... I don't think they can have two international games in one season. So mm-hmm. it seems logical that that is the lions, um, but it's not a hundred percent confirmed yet. So that's something to keep an eye on. That'd be kind of cool. A little German game, a little German game. But last thing I wanted to talk about that's somewhat lions related is the NFC. Well, in the NFC North, the Vikings fired their defensive coordinator at Donatel. No surprise. That was the one team that had a worse defense than the lions and they got embarrassed in the wild card game. So Ed Donatel is out. It's not, you know, entirely on his shoulders. It is a pretty aged defensive unit, but they got to get somebody else in there to take over and hopefully do better than they did this year because you can't get worse than 32 in the league. That is the lowest. Yes, it is. But enough about the Lions. Like I said, there's not going to be a whole lot of news until we get to Senior Bowl, which is coming up, and then when we really dive into mock draft season, uh, we'll get a little bit more content out there. Free agency as well will be a a hot week for us, but there's not going to be a lot of news for the next few weeks. We were blessed to have that Ben Johnson news come out just last week, but that might be what we, the only real juicy piece of gossip that we have going on until we get to start making some acquisitions for our team. So let's talk about these divisional games that we had this week. And like I said, I was a little bit hungover on Sunday. I was busy with a uh, work holiday party on Saturday. So I did not get to watch the majority of these games Saturday, pretty much only a few plays Sunday. I was nursing my hangover. So slept through about half of the uh, Bills Bengals game. And then I was able to tune into the Cowboys 49ers. So John belly, you might have to help me out a little bit. Let's start with a Saturday bouts. We had the Jacksonville Jaguars going on to take on the Kansas city chiefs and the chiefs won 27 to 20. Not really much of a surprise, but the Jags did cover. Yeah, they did cover. It was a good game. Uh, the, the chiefs had the lead early and then Mahomes had that ankle sprain. So everybody got scared, but then, uh, who was it? Chad Henney drove him to a yep. touchdown anyway, so yeah. <laughs> didn't really matter. And then yeah, he came back at halftime. He definitely looked like a shell of himself. It might be more for this next game that it's an issue, but I mean, I was talking about with someone I'd probably rather my quarterback have a sprained ankle than like uh, a position player, like a wide receiver or running back. Cause it's tough to make cuts on those. I think Pat Mahomes will get it taped up and fire through next week. Um, we'll see what happens between the Bengals, but he played through it. So can't be that bad he's one of the one of the quarterbacks whose arm strength is enough that because that's on his plant foot he'll you know that's tough that would be really tough to have a sprained ankle on your plant foot for most any quarterbacks but his arm slot is already kind of baseball-y and he's just got such a strong arm that he probably can compensate uh you know and be just about as good as any other quarterback in the league because he's already just so good yeah, but, but my thing is he can't really he won't be as mobile, which is going to be a problem because especially sure, in the yeah. playoffs he has been, you know, running it, scrambling and then also just, you know, creating more time so he can make a throw. Yeah, his and pocket mobility is like one of his biggest parts of his game. Exactly. So slippery. And so obviously he's still going to be able to play, but he's clearly not 100%. You don't have Tyreek Hill this year. Travis Kelsey's a beast. But that Bengals defense, I mean, they're going to step up. They already beat the Chiefs once this year. I get that they're going to Arrowhead this time. But, I mean, it's it's tough to say. It's a, With a high ankle sprain, if it gets any worse throughout the week, it, it sounds like Patrick Mahomes is good to play uh, going into the AFC Conference Championship. But if there's any setbacks or if you know it swells up or something like that, then – I don't know. It's going to be tough for him to make some of those plays that he would normally make. And, you know, this is the biggest game where you really need him. Sure, you get like two weeks after that, but you got to get past the Bengals. And this is kind of a a mini Super Bowl as is right here. Um, Uh, I mean, the Chiefs run game was looking good, too, from what I saw. Um, I mean, there's uh, other ways that they can do it. But Pacheco was playing out of his mind. 12 carries for 95 yards. Um, That's just good stats. 
So the Chiefs have been looking for a running back for a while. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't really work out, and Pacheco's been trucking ever since he came in. So um excited to see him do that on the ground. Let's jump into the Giants-Eagles matchup, the Saturday night game. Eagles won pretty handedly at 38-7 right out the bat. They started off high, and the Giants really couldn't do anything. Eagles bodied them, and they just ran it down their throats. Yeah, I, I kind of saw this one coming the whole way. They had been destroying them both other times they played them this season, and the Eagles have been playing. I mean, without Jalen Hurts, the whole team was, like, really, really humming. So as long as he came back and was on form, I had a pretty strong feeling they were they were about to do that. It is really funny. Boston Scott does it again. Yep. I saw the stat that he has 11 touchdowns in nine games versus He's the Giants. Really. It's insane. Only, only seven touchdowns in 52 other games against different teams. So it's <laughs> fucking crazy. So At this point, I feel like Philly's obviously in on it, and they're like, okay, it's Boston Scott time. Let's get it to the one yard line. Give it to him. When you're when you're so good, you can score score troll touchdowns. <laughs> it's too bad for Danny Dimes, Ben. He had a hell of a run, but not surprised at all. They had a really nice matchup against the Vikings. So, I mean, if you're a Giants fan, I think that you know you kind of saw the writing on the wall. You got a playoff win. Eagles had no problem with them. You thought that maybe there was going to be like a little bye week rust, but nope. No issues at all. Jalen Hurts didn't do a ton through the air. I mean, he was running the ball well, and the Eagles were just dominated the entire time. He didn't really have to put the team on his back and went through the air. So, Yeah, of all the teams that were remaining in the playoffs, um, it could be argued that the Giants were at the bottom. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't really dial into this game once the score kept going and going, and 28 nothing at half. You're not playing against a, a person like Tom Brady, like the 28-3 game, so I zoned right out. Yeah. Yep, that was yeah. that was about how far I made it to. <laughs> well, let's move on to these Sunday games then because it gets a little bit juice here. We had the Cincinnati Bengals going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The DeMar Hamlin revenge game did not happen. Bengals win 27-10, to no problem. Yeah, Joe Burrow played lights out and so did Joe Mixon. And when the Joes were doubling down and then you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to throw to, uh, the commentary team just kept talking over and over about how they were the both number one receivers, and uh, they can play like it. So the Bengals-Chiefs is going to be interesting next week. Yeah, and I mean, especially in a snowy game like that, you would think that would kind of favor Buffalo, but you know they couldn't do anything on the ground, and the Bengals had no problem. And three out of the five starters on their offensive line were sitting. I mean, you just wouldn't have even seen that coming. But when it comes down to it, Joe's got ice in his veins, Joe Burrow had a sick interview uh, midfield post game, just saying how everybody who bought tickets for the Bills Chiefs matchup in Atlanta better get the refunds. Obviously, they <laughs> had some bulletin board material thinking that the Bengals were out. And, you know, to be honest, I, I thought that the Bengals would cover, but it was going to be a tough game and they won it with no problem at all. And the funny thing was that the broadcast kept showing DeMar Hamlin up in the booth, but there was so much snow that you couldn't even see him. And one of the memes I saw was, can't tell if they're putting the camera on DeMar Hamlin or the banker from Deal or No Deal. <laughs> I think Just you sent that one silhouette. to me. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Mina Kimes, who uh, works for ESPN, she's, she, back in May, tweeted like, if the Bills really want to get the most out of Josh Allen, they got to build him a dome. And kind of saw that this weekend. I mean, the, their running game really is not scary at all, in, unless Josh Allen's about to throw for 300 yards. And the thing is, they've invested so much in their defensive line, too. And, you know, Von Miller goes down, and it seems like they can't even get a pass rush. And that the Bengals have two starters and three guys off the bench. I don't even I think a couple of those guys hadn't even had a start before and they're in a playoff game in Buffalo and they weren't able to generate any pass rush. But I think the real problem was that the Josh Allen has to do everything for that Bills team. And mm -hmm. if you take him away, then there's not a lot of other ways that the Bills can beat you. I mean, Devin Singletary would have a good game here and there, but they have, you know, four guys, but they don't have that guy. So. I don't know. They, they've got some other things to figure out. It's a disappointing season for the Bills. Started the season as Super Bowl favorites, and 
you know, get handled by the Bengals with no problem. So I think that all Bills fans and players, they'll tell you the same thing, that they're not happy with the way that this ended. And, you know, it's pretty much a failure on the Bills part. So Diggs was pissed. Yeah, yeah, I know. He was raging. I heard that he like stormed out of the locker room early and everything. So, but Um, what are you going to do? Like, oh, I need a better quarterback. Who's better than Josh Allen? You know, where are you going to go? The Bengals. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you see the 49ers doing it with a third string rookie quarterback. And then the Bills have Josh Allen. And it kind of reminds me of the Vikings offense where it's like you take Josh Allen out. Mm, you know that he's kind of the guy who really is the only dangerous one on that team in my opinion I mean well obviously Stefan Diggs but he's not Justin Jefferson he was Justin Jefferson a few years ago but not now but the difference between the 49ers and the Bills is the 49ers have every single piece in place defense included wide receiver tight end offensive line run game they have everything you know so the 49ers are built unlike any team in the NFL, and they are the definition of a quarterback away from being the best team in the entire NFL. So, I mean, with Patrick Mahomes, even like as Kelsey gets older, like he hasn't really had a lot of pieces either. And, mm. you know, Josh Allen has finally, like you saw him at the beginning of his career, not really taking that next step until he got Stefan Diggs. And then the, he had one guy that he could go to his trusty, reliable receiver and then he just blew up the entire world, you know, MVP caliber season. So, yeah, the the Bills got to make sure that that offense is intact, especially the run game and that offensive line. I think that the Bills have some good receivers in Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, but they have a, a lot of work to do on in the other in the other departments, defensively and offensively. So, they do seem to just be a one step away. And I think they need a a good run game to really complement Josh Allen's game. And that's, what's going to take him to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't just need a, you know, Devin Singletary is like a nice complimentary back, but he's not on anyone's list for uh, their go-tos if they're building a squad. But let's jump into the last game from the divisional round. It would be the Dallas Cowboys going to San Francisco, getting whooped by the 49ers, 19 to 12. Dak is not back. He was terrible. Everybody thought he had a real nice bounce back game after the wild card week, but two picks didn't look the best at all. Tony Pollard went out with an injury. That's a broken fibula and high ankle sprain. So that's sad, honestly, because he like as much as I dislike the Cowboys, Tony Pollard was the one guy who I did always kind of root for. I thought he was just an underrated guy. Zeke kind of got all the uh, the glory on that offense. But Tony Pollard was the lightning to Zeke's thunder. And he is a free agent this year. He was supposed to get a, a big contract. And now it's it looks like kind of the same injury Trey Lance had supposedly it'll be like a couple months to recover and, you know, we'll see if he's ready for the beginning of the season, but as a running back going into the year where you're supposed to be paid and you've stayed fresh for Mm. so long, splitting carries with Zeke. I mean, it's the worst timing possible. You got to give a shout out to Bob gold though, man, drilling four, uh, four field goals, two of them back to back 50 yarders and then stopping Turpin from coming down the field and scoring. Got to give Bob gold the, the uh, MVP (laughs) of the game. I was like, who the fuck is Bob Gold? Oh, Robbie Gould. <laughs> yeah, a second. Until like right now. Oh, Robbie Gould. Oh, you don't call him Bob Gold? That's just me. No. Nope. 40 years old, Gould. Bob Gold. San Francisco. He's I thought Purdy him. was uh kind of a, a little bit exposed this game. You know, obviously not his best game. And it just goes to show that he could be had, but he's got such good playmakers that, you know even with the Cowboys defense as good as they are, they're still able to get it done. I just wanted to talk about that last play. I mean, the Cowboys uh, (laughs) with like 40 seconds left because Elijah Mitchell had the first down. He didn't go down. He ran out of bounds, uh, which resulted in the Cowboys getting the ball back with a chance for a Hail Mary. And they were on like the 40 yard line and with Zeke under center, if you haven't seen it, you got to look it up. He has a good snap, and then he just got blown the fuck up by the defensive tackle. And then (laughs) Dak was able to get a pass off to Turpin, but he was lit up too. So that was a nice way to end the season, typical Cowboys fashion, just just blowing it the last moment in the funniest way possible. Yeah, I was rooting for the Niners, so I'm pretty happy for uh, Brock Purdy. 
and hopefully he stays the course. Yeah, well, he's got one more game to get him to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be a yeah. tough matchup against the Eagles. So, And they were saying that if he did that good in this game that you could probably consider moving on from Trey Lance, but I don't think that was enough. So he's got to win one more, in my opinion, to at least get considered for next year. That's going to do it for the divisional round wrap-up. So let's check in and see how Belly and I are doing in the playoff pool we started before the playoffs. We each had the NFC teams and the AFC teams, and we were down to two apiece. Belly's got the 49ers and Chiefs, and I've got the Eagles and Bengals. So, Ben, I'm biased. What do you think about where you stand right now? Um, I felt a lot better than I did prior to this week because um, I thought it was definitely going to be a 49ers-Chiefs final. Um, but looking at how the Bengals played and then the Patty Mahomes injury, it gets a little worrisome. So, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel exactly how it looks about 50, 50. If you had the opportunity to switch, would you do it with me? Um, I probably wouldn't. I'd ride the pine. Okay. I wouldn't switch either. I don't know. I feel like the arrows are pointing down a little bit for you. And for me, they're pointing up because the Patrick Mahomes injury is the the scariest thing. I mean, the Bengals are only one point underdogs going into Kansas city. So, I mean, we don't know how Patrick Mahomes is going to be moving in the pocket for that game. And it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow right now. I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. He wants to go and win one. He wants to win a championship for Cincinnati. They're the underdogs. That's they're the team that I want cool. to. They're favored. The Bengals are now? Yeah. They're giving a point on DraftKings. Really? Well, yeah. that changed since I looked this morning because they were one-point underdogs. Yeah, I, just, um, I was just looking at it just before this, and I was like, dang, I was surprised they were favored. But then, I don't know, you got the Mahomes injury. Yeah, well, everybody's on that Joey B hype train. I mean – I can see why the numbers changed, but I hope it keeps going and I'll take as many points as I can get with the chiefs. Cause I do think the chiefs are going to win the game. The bills just, maybe the bills are posers, man. Who knows? Uh, no, but they're I'm... not posers. Not like the other teams. <laughs> the Bengals had the most impressive win of any playoff team this week. It, hands down. I agree. But anyway, going to the other side of the ball, um, I haven't really seen uh, an offense that can take care of that 49ers defense. Jalen Hurts might be the answer, but I don't know. I'm just happy we're getting to some really good football down the stretch and get to see some high-level play out of all four teams. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles, their defense is you know, not to be taken for granted either. They're, like, they're solid. Yeah, but that San Francisco team is just a well-oiled machine, as we were saying earlier. I don't know. I don't know shit. I'm not a football analyst. I'm just a yeah. guy who cracks jokes. <laughs> it could go either way, honestly. I I don't know, man. If I had to say right now, I would say Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl and Bengals win. That's how I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the Bengals win over any of these teams. I would if I didn't pick the Chiefs at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, take the pool out of it. Wouldn't you want to see the Bengals team win over the Chiefs? Um, No, because I had an over on Chiefs wins this year, so I was kind of rooting for the Chiefs all year. Um, mm. But then the Bengals were the team I was betting on. I'm not I'm not saying who I want to win. I like to look at it who I think's gonna win, and I just think I got a feeling the Chiefs are gonna pull this one out at Arrowhead. Well, I want and I think the Bengals are gonna win. So we will see in one week's time the Super Bowl matchup will be decided. So we'll see where we go from there. It could be over after this week. Twenty in my pocket or twenty in yours, or maybe we'll I have mean, to kick the can down the road. True. I don't I actually to be honest with you, I think the 49ers are gonna win it all but that's just me. <laughs> we are definitely down to the top four teams. I mean, the Bengals and Bills, I mean, you could have swapped them, but these are the teams that should be in the championship games. So I agree. I'm happy that, you know, no posers like the Giants or Jags or Cowboys sneak their the way Vikings. in there for the chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is how it should have been. These are the best four teams, and I'm excited. This is going to be some good football this weekend. So with that, let's jump into the but, 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 betting with the belly. Everybody knows the drill. Uh, pick a favorite dog over and under. Nope. But uh, we're going to condense it this week. But uh, going over last week, uh, Corbin was two and two. I was three and one, and John was two and two. So nobody's too sad all around. Uh, but rolling right into these final four games, 
uh, favorite or dog, Corbin, which one are you going to pick? Yeah, since there's not a whole lot of options this week, only two games to choose from, we're just going to pick your favorite or your underdog, your favorite favorite or your favorite underdog. So mine this week, it was the Bengals plus one, but I'll shift it to a favorite. I like the Bengals <laughs> minus one going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. I've already told you about my affinity for Joe Burrow. I think that he's just got that swag to take it all the way. You know, I, I love that Matthew Stafford got his Super Bowl win last year, but secretly deep down, I wouldn't have minded if Joe Burrow was able to get one just because I love him for who he is. So I think this is the year that Joe Burrow gets one for Cincinnati. Bengals minus one. Book it. I love you for who you are, Joe. Yeah, we, we already covered most of that. We've already talked about our points and counterpoints for it. I think it's going to be a tight game the whole way. Uh, moving on to mine and John's, though, it looks like we got a little disagreement here, bud. What do you what do you what are you laying it down on? I've been riding with the Eagles all year, and I'm sticking with them. I I know that 49ers defense is real good, but I think their offense kind of got exposed last week. And that Eagle have the Eagles have had a stout defense all year. They get after the quarterback, and I'm just gonna ride with them. Devontae Smith's been playing lights out. Uh yeah, that is true, but I firmly disagree. I got the 49ers plus two and a half versus the Eagles for many long list of reasons that I've stated above. Uh, it's a little different when we only have uh, two games to choose from. We already covered most of it, but uh, moving right on into the over-under. Corbin, what do you got for an over-under? I'm taking the Chiefs and Bengals. I mean, this is going to be the game that we really want to watch. Meanwhile, you got the 49ers and Eagles. That's more of an under game, but I really am rooting for some points. I want Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to go ham and just toss up some tutties. So over 47 points, I would love to see like a Chiefs Rams 2017 or whatever that year was where both teams scored over 50. And yeah, let's get 90 plus points total in this game. I remember that game. It was on a Monday night, and I was back in Michigan. Moving on to John and my picks, though. We both have the under of 45 and a half. Let's hear some reasons why, Jonathan. Well, to be honest, I'm pretty fucking terrible at picking over and unders. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I just seem like the lower scoring of the two games to me. It is, in fact. 45 and a half is less than 47. No, I just... God damn it. I mean, <laughs> likely... Most on you, you know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, Chiefs Bengals are both super high powered. 49ers can put up points, but I mean, what they won with was it 19 to 12 last week? Bob Gold, dude. It's a Bob Gold show. Yeah, if Bob Gold's killing a lot of field goals through the uprights, that's an under made for Bob Gold. You got any reasoning for yours, Belly? Oh, uh, been saying it all day that San Francisco defense is just going to keep eating them up. Uh, a lot of clocks going to be killed on uh, tackles that didn't go out of bounds. Um, yeah, I just I don't see it being a very, being a very high scoring game. But I think we're going to find out real early if San Francisco can contain Jalen Hurts. And so it's either going to be uh, like the 49ers by like a field goal, or it's going to be the Eagles by a million. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably going to be my other pick. I definitely wasn't taking over in that game, but I do think that the Eagles and 49ers are a little bit more balanced than a lot of people give them credit for their defenses are definitely great, but let's not forget Jalen hurts is likely going to be MVP and Brock Purdy has been getting it done. And the 49ers have so many weapons too. So I don't know. That's the only reason that I took the, uh, the over in the chiefs Bengals, just because I'm really pulling for some points in that one. I feel like it's going to be an exciting one, but some good picks guys. Not a lot to choose from, but would have taken the Chiefs Bengals over, but the Mahomes injury scares me. Yeah, me too. But too late. They're locked in. And then we got one more Super Bowl pick for the betting with the belly. And then we'll take a little hiatus into next year. So let's hop into the fun stuff, diving into those guts. Belly, what's in your bowels this week? I mean shit, man. I just had that birthday that kind of ate up most of my time. Not enough uh real room for anything crazy to happen outside of just the partying. I guess what I did do is go to a nice fancy and little Indian joint for uh, my birthday and it was delicious. Um, and I discovered Indian food late. I was never uh, a guy who could handle the spice until I figured out you can get it. Not that spicy. So I guess I just kind of got a question for you guys. Like what did you discover like later than you should have 
and, and like a food or something. And I got a couple of them so I can open it up for you. But I want you to think about it. Like what's a food you discovered down the road that ended up being great. Two of mine that are just absolutely stupid is I never used Taco Bell sauce until I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought it was going to be like too spicy or too shitty. And I ate it and that's delicious. And then this other one's just sad. It is wheat bread. I had eaten nothing but white bread my entire time until I got to college. And then I found the world of wheat. Man, is that shit delicious. The wide world of wheat. Yeah. So do you guys have anything like that? Anything stupid or? I got a couple. So I recently got super, I wouldn't say super into, but I have uh, discovered a love for kombucha, which I had never drank until like this year, really. And it is just so goddamn good. And you know what it really does is it it helps me feel better than other people when I drink it too. That's <laughs> it makes you a douche. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just better than you, Ben. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. what's what's the uh, other thing that ends in like bucha that's like water, but it's like white colored like milk? What? Oh, I, ha- I got it one time, and I could have sworn it ended. Oh, in bucha. horchata. Orchata. Oh, dude, close. I can't, yeah, that's I a, can't that's fucking totally drink that anymore. Mm-hmm. There was one night where we were drunk in Chicago, came back, and there was like this little like pita joint, and it was called like a, it was like a Mexican sandwich place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had one of those like uh big like coolers, like a slur- like a Slurpee machine that keeps on churning oh, this yeah. orchata, and yeah. you could get like a big drink, and it was unlimited refills. And so I just slammed like three giant glasses of this horchata and i cannot drink any more of it i'll never be able to drink it again i ruined horchata for me like shit oh man that was so bad as soon as i like walked out of there it's like i feel sick yeah there's the place in ann arbor chela's that has uh same thing machines like that one would be horchata and then they'd have like some other juices as well that were super good and then so my other one i'd it's later in life, but I mean, I, I've been eating them for a very long time, but this is really just a, a way to tell this story is that I didn't like onions for a super long time. And uh, growing up, I used to go over to Liam's house a lot and they have a garden. And one day he was like, oh man, you just try an onion. So I grab it <laughs> and fucking take a bite out of it like an apple. And I'd never like really, my parents did not the venture out with food really at all even to the point of not having onions (laughs) that ruined them for me for so long but now i love them well for me i agree with you indian food i've been on a huge indian food kick the past year or so so that one's up there for me but the one that really comes to mind is salmon so i like (laughs) salmon was like a love-hate relationship for me because I liked salmon initially, like when I was a kid and teenager and stuff. But when I went to college, I was working this catering job. And so we would do these big, like 10,000 person events. And whenever there was leftover food, all the employees would get to eat the rest. And so salmon was one of the most popular dishes that people would order. So we would have like 50 different uh, plates of this salmon. All were always on deck. And so that was one of the main things that I always had to eat there. And so it was like mass produced salmon, like cooked in like a big commercial kitchen. And so I ate so much salmon that I was like, I can't do this anymore. But we recently started cooking this miso, like a miso marinade salmon. And that is just so damn good. So I'm back on the salmon train now. And yeah, then I'll send you a recipe for a maple soy salmon that we do. Ooh. Maple soy ginger salmon is so good. I'll send you the uh, the miso one because that one is so damn good too. I can't get enough of it. We almost eat it like once a week, if not once every other week. We have to have it. I oh yeah, especially on when you're on the, when you're on the diets too. I've been eating like one salmon fillet and a half a cup of rice. It's not that many calories and it fills you up. It's good shit. No, I'm just I'm just thinking of end of the night salmon though. Oh I'm no, eating. not end of the night, man. I'm eating at like six p.m. No, I'm talking when Corbin was uh was catering. Oh yeah, you're not yeah. getting that till till the end of the night, right? Yeah, it'd be like in the hot box, heating Ooh, up for a while, and yeah, dry it out. No, it wasn't the best. Like no I, real like seasoning or glaze or anything. Yeah, on. dude, I can I can already picture it. It's like kind of oily 
all over. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best by any means. And it was the same <laughs> with like cheesecake for a while too. Cause like, I still like cheesecake, but it would be like the same New York style cheesecake with like a little like cherry or strawberry syrup on mm. top. And like, I just can't even, there was one debate going around and it was like, what would you want to go without for your whole life? And it was beef, chicken, pork, and seafood. And mm. so for a while I thought I could go without chicken, but my love for chicken has been reinvigorated with chicken thighs. They're so much better than chicken breasts. Yep. And at this grocery store that I go to, they have like a general sow chicken thigh, like pre-marinated. It's like two bucks a pound right now. And so I'll just get like three pounds of chicken thighs and just meal prep those throughout the week and just have nothing but chicken and rice and some veggies with it. It's so good. That's pretty cheap for a uh, like pre-marinated chicken. I know. It's crazy. And it's so good too. Boneless, I mean, skinless I think, thighs. I think I buy it for two bucks a pound at Meyer, like raw. Yeah. And it's it's really good quality stuff, like straight from the butcher. Already marinated. I'll just throw it in the air fryer for 20 minutes and then boom, you got chicken thighs for the week. Yeah, chicken thighs are definitely the most underrated part of the chicken. I feel like people never buy them, but it's like the only one we buy. Yeah, thighs are so much better than breasts. Oh, and the other thing that I've been turned on to that I forgot to mention was, I don't know if you've heard of it, Ben, bacon-wrapped water chestnuts are actually bomb as fuck. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. They were delicious. My mom made them for our Thanksgiving and for Christmas, and they hit the spot. So good. Oh, they're so You're good. Right. I, I'm aware that's been a Hunter family staple for a long time. Belly, I think you got a special treat for us this week. Thanks for putting it together. Go right into it, buddy. All right, so we thought we'd do something wild this week, and uh, I was throwing shit at a wall, and this is what ended up sticking. We're going to do a little Jeopardy-style game between John and Corbin. I'm going to host this week, and if we ever happen to bring this back in the future, then uh, whoever loses this game will be the host, and then that way we'll get everybody a chance to compete. Um, Anyways, moving forward, it's a much more condensed version. Same as normal De- Jeopardy and Double Jeopardy. There is no there is no daily doubles. So then we're going to do the two rounds and then the final question with a wager and everything, and we'll go from there. Um, Three rounds, only... right? Well, yeah, first round, second round, and then a final Jeopardy where it's one question. What's this? Oh, so, okay. So there's Everyone, three more categories after that. Yes, yeah, so there's three more categories and a second quiz. So to start off the first round, we got history, famous dogs, and classic video games. Um, so how's it, how it's going to work? Uh, I'm going to click start on the buzzer and then I'm going to click the question that whoever chooses and Corbin, since you're the youngest, you get to go first. I'll go classic video games for one hundo in which old school basketball game would the announcer shout he's on fire. If you make three shots in a row without the other team scoring a basket, is it, did you have, did you have one, John, uh, Corbin buzzed before. What is NBA jam? That is correct. Boom. Corbin with a hot 100 points. Whew. Okay. Me again. NBA Jam. Yes, you have the board. Hold on. Let me All reset right. this. Okay. Now, Corbin, you have the board. Yep. Up a hundo. Nothing. Like We're the, go questions, famous. the questions do get way more difficult the further you go down. All right. We're going to do famous dogs for 200. Famous dogs for 200. Start in the buzzer. The name of the Siberian Husky who made the 1925 serum rum to Nome, Alaska. That is John's haircut. That is, what is Balto? That is correct. Fuck yeah, let's go. I fucking love that movie. Balto is so sick. Remember when he fought that bear? Oh, yeah. I uh, I, I test ran this with uh, Kendall today, and she didn't know who Balto was. And I was like, what? what? an idiot. Dude, I don't, I, you, yeah. Yeah, what an idiot. All right. <laughs> Corbin, you still have the board, sir. All right, I'll give you a shot, John. We're going history 400. Okay. 400? 400? Yep. All right, let me start the clock. History 400. Where is the geographical center of the U.S. population approximated from the 2020 census? Name that state. Corbin sucks. What do you got? I am going to say Oklahoma. That is incorrect. Corbin, do you have a, do you have a guess? Do I lose points? Absolutely. No. Okay. It's Corbin out to a com- commanding lead. But if I had to guess, whoa. whoa. Missouri. Missouri oh. is the geographical center of the U.S. population. I was damn close. I don't understand that. So that's like you take the population and then, 
a midpoint between it. So if like all of the population was on the East Coast, it would be closer to like Virginia. It's the geographical center. Okay. It's a confusing question. I, I am also, I I was like, is it the center of the contiguous United States? It doesn't matter. Oklahoma is to the left or whatever you said. But imagine if like 90% of the U.S. population lived strictly on the East Coast. Would that mean that the geographical center is closer to like Virginia, let's say? Oh, this says Lebanon, Kansas. Oh, (laughs) this fucking guy. No, I found that somewhere else. That might have been a... Give me nine damn points back. We'll make it a zero. We're going to nix that one. No, no, I don't think so. That was as of 2020. Oh, yeah, that was as of 2020. It moved. Yep. <laughs> well, hold on. Go back to that screen. That's no, okay, John. That's, no, that wasn't where I got. That wasn't where I got that from. I just googled Dude, where is the. What's center. done is done. Either way, you were still wrong. <laughs> All right. Sorry, John. Well, you're just gonna have to mount a comeback. Uh, we'll bounce back. Corbin, history my... for three hundred. Give it history for three hundred. Okay. Clear then. buzzer reset. All right. Also, why was that history? What event is commonly believed to have started World War One? Corbin sucks. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Look at you. Holy He's shit. He's back in it. <laughs> yeah, because that was a real question. <laughs> yeah, I guess that other one wasn't really history, more geography. Hey, I put this together in one day. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, current scores are Corbin 300, John negative 100. John, back to you. Ooh, I haven't been in this position before. Uh, I don't know. Let's do history to hundo. Who was the shortest serving United States president? Corbin sucks. James K. Polk. That is incorrect. Corbin? Uh, I don't want to guess it. Nah, I'm not going to guess. Um, Reveal correct response. William Henry Harrison got sick and died 31 days into his term after being elected in 18. Oh, my God, dude. I literally, I read the question as who was the shortest U.S. president. Oh, <laughs> I did too. I did too. I swear. Like I was thinking, like oh, like Taft's the heaviest. Who's the shortest? <laughs> I uh, I was supposed to change that one. James Kendall got Polk Kendall got twisted as well. Stump. I'm pretty sure James K. Polk was a tall man. <laughs> I don't know. They called him Napoleon of the Stump. Napoleon was short. I was going for it. <laughs> anyway, John, still your board. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, let's go. Famous dogs. One hundred. The Grinch's partner in crime in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, fuck. Why can't I think of his name? Um, I got it. John's haircut. What or who is Max? Did you cheat? No, I swear to God. Swear to God. No cheating. I just had to think of it. We're keeping it. Uh, we're keeping it cheat free. Don't you be Googling anything. I'm not fucking Googling. I'm not saying that. It was for the group. All right. Moving on. We got a couple left for round one. Uh, let's go with history for 100. Close it out. History. Where was Christopher? Col- go ahead. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> Very good. Do you win the bottom while I'm drinking sangria? All right, Corbin. I know that because of 400 the, point lead. <laughs> School of Rock. You remember that scene? All I right. Also, I can't read all of the questions because I have to keep my damn buzzer on the screen. Why don't you go half and half? You got to set it up right. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, all right, one four hundred. We'll get you back in it, John. All right, let's go. Classic video games 400. In the original N64 Pokemon Snap, what item did you need to throw into the long grass to get a Scyther to appear? Hmm. Time is out. That would be a pester ball. Nope, that was a tough one. Remember that one. I do fuck with Pokemon Snap though. All right, John, still your board. Let's do 200 video games. What are the names of the four ghosts in Pac-Man? Fuck. I don't know. Oh, my God. Pinky's one of them. If you can name two, I will give you a point. Anki and Pinky. Corbin, do you have a response? No, I think he's right. Inky, Inky, Pink, Blink, Blink, Pink, 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 Pinky, and Clyde. Clyde. All right, we're making this interesting. He's only got 200 points. Thank you for Inky there, Corbin, because that broke my memory. (laughs) (laughs) All right, three to go in this round. Uh, Let's do Famous Dogs 300. 
What item is Snoopy constantly trying to steal in Peanuts slash Charlie Brown? Corbin sucks. I believe it's Linus's blanket. That is correct. We would have taken blanket. Damn it. All right, so two left. Down, yeah, down 100. Urban's Shit, down 100. So dogs, 400. Dogs for 400. Buzzer's clear. The dog that wins best in show in the mockumentary best in show, breed or name of dog will count as a win. I think I know it, but I don't want to get it wrong. I've never seen this mockumentary. You've never seen best in show? Oh, it's, it's so no. funny. but It's I just... worth it. A Norwich Terrier slash Winky. Okay, I was wrong. Nope, I would never. Let it All right, and this is the final clue. Get ready. Who was Crash Bandicoot's main enemy? Oh my God, dude, I suck. I don't know. If you can tell me, the enemy. if you can tell me what the letter is imprinted on his forehead, I'll give you a point. Hey, well, I don't want to lose points. All right, oh, nobody. He no. said hey. No, I, I was just kidding. guessing it. <laughs> it is Dr. Neocortex. <laughs> What's the letter? Uh, it's an N on his forehead. All right, that concludes round one. Good thing is we got round two. The categories are science. Free guesses. The categories are science, biggest scandals from 2000 to now, and then Oscar movies. Still anybody's game, 500 to 400. Corb, since you are in second, you get to go first. Okay, well, I'm taking Oscar movies for 800, starting big. Starting huge. Oscar movies for 800, get ready. While he was in Washington, D.C., Forrest accidentally uncovered... Uh, Corbin sucks. What is the Watergate scandal? No, it's Corbin sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But you also got to take the question out so that people... Forrest accidentally uncovered which political incident in a hotel he was staying in. Corbin sucks buzzed in first. Well, I actually did know this, Corbin, so don't worry. It is Watergate. No, you didn't. Uh, okay. I've never seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> One of the most famous movies ever. <laughs> uh, that is 800 points for John. Damn it. I didn't think that one would be that obvious. I should have moved that into the 400. No, right. that scene is so funny. John, uh, the board is yours. Let's do Scandals for 200. In 2013, Rob Ford, the Toronto mayor, accidentally uploaded a clip to social media of himself doing what and be specific. He was smoking crack. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I'm getting Dude, fucking That guy's a legend. Now. Isn't I think someone he's related to is the mayor now. John, moving forward, uh, what do you got next? Stu Scandals 400. In 2014, what was the name given to the leaked photos online of numerous nude celebrities, including but not limited to Jennifer Lawrence, Hayden Panettiere, and Kirsten Dunst? John, you buzzed in first. I hate that I know this, but I believe it was called The Fappening. That is correct. We would have also taken Celebgate. Corbin, you're going to have to uh, mount and come back here. John's well, we got some away. big points. so Yeah. Anything could happen in Double Jeopardy. Oh, lots of points. Lots of points on the board. All right, uh, John, back to you. 600, Alex. Which category, bro? Same category. <laughs> oh, you're a big big scandal guy. You don't, huh? watch, you don't want to watch a lot of Jeopardy, do you? I'm yeah, going you on a run. Scandal Subscribe run. to People Magazine. All right, get ready, boys. We got a multitask <laughs> here. In 2013, what was the name of the person Aaron Hernandez was charged with the murder of? I didn't read the whole question. Shit. Uh, you have five seconds to answer. Just first name? Any name? Alex. That is cor- incorrect. Corbin, do you want to steal? No, I don't know the last name. Do you know no. the first name? No, I'm good. Damn, uh, the answer hurt. was Odin Lloyd. Damn it. That one hurt. Actually, I knew Lloyd. I didn't know Odin. Corbin, the board is now yours. I'll do biggest scandals for eight hundo. Big comeback coming. In 2003, at the MTV VMAs, three female musicians swapped kisses on stage. Name all three of them. You didn't reset one of them. I'm pretty sure I know two. If you can, if you can name two of them, I'll give you half points. I know one. I'm gonna say it was Britney and Madonna, I believe. Yep. I'll give you half points. It was Madonna, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera. All right, I owe you 400 points. I'll do it on uh, when we get to a 400 question. 
So you got twelve hundred right now. Well, All right, I'll keep it easy. Oh, I guess it's John again. John, let's do Oscar movies for four hundred. Now and again, our extremely ominous antagonist, Anton Shiger in No Country for Old Men, lets fate decide whether someone lives or dies. How does he do this? Corbin? Yes, he flips a coin. That is ah, correct. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. All right, I, I had I'm to add back. John's 400 from before, but Corbin's coming back, double jeopardy. All right, let me reset the clock. All right, Corbin, what do you want? Oscar movies, 200, please. Oscar movies for 200. What does Mel Gibson's character, William Wallace, yell during his torture scene in Braveheart? Corbin? What is, you can never take our freedom? We'll take it. Oh, we were looking for just freedom, but we'll take it. Isn't it, you can take our lives, but you can never take our freedom? No, in the last scene, when he's about to die, he just goes, freedom! Well, freedom's (laughs) in there. Yep. Points, baby. We're going to give it to Corbin. What I remember from that movie is uh, they're like, uh, cauterizing a guy's wound and he goes that'll wake you up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong all right Corbin what do you got well nobody likes science we're punting that we're going Oscars 600 in the departed what are Leonardo DiCaprio's last words in the film <sighs> three seconds anyone nope I mean I want to I know what the scene is but now you got to say the exact last phrase. He says very, something very distinct. All right, time's up. Let me think. No, time's up. Matt Damon says, why don't you just kill me? And Leo yeah, goes, he, I yeah. am killing you. And then he gets <sighs> I knew Matt Damon's words. I just didn't know Leo's. And that's my favorite movie, too. I'm ashamed. Um. All right. We're down to science. Corbin, you got to mount to come back or get the last question correct. Science for eight, hundo. He's going high. Where on the human body are the most sweat glands? Corbin? What is the armpit? That is incorrect. Fuck. I am not guessing. Uh, it is the bottom of the feet. Oh. Huh. Interesting. All right, that Corbin. Like a sucker question. You need to almost get them all right to make a comeback. And that question was double jeopardy. Too obvious for an 800 pointer. All right. Um, Science for 600 then. What is the term used for a change of matter from a solid to a gas? Corbin? What is sublimation? That is correct. Fuck yeah, let's go, baby. I'm back. (laughs) Oh, John, you didn't know sublimation, buddy? (laughs) I don't know sublimation. Call me Bill Nye, baby. Corbin, what what do you want here? I'll go science for hundo, Benny. What is the rarest blood type? Be specific. John? O negative. That is incorrect. Fuck. Oh. Corbin, you got 10 seconds to decide. Oh, positive. Yes. That is incorrect. Fuck. The answer is AB negative. AB negative. Oh. Because that's the one that can go with anything. I had it I had it backwards. Damn it. All right. Um, this is the last question. I'm starting the timer. What is the hardest natural substance on earth? Corbin? What is diamond? That is correct. All right, John. Don't be scared. We're going all in. All right. So <laughs> I know that I can win no matter what, but maybe I should just let you do it. Yeah, you come have... on, dude. Don't be scared. Oh, uh, John has in. John has thirteen hundred and Corbin has six hundred. So it's gonna come down to the final Jeopardy. It doesn't really uh John won the game. But no, I final Jeopardy you... counts for triple, right? No. <laughs> I think that's how it works. John's claiming the victory, but I'm gonna give you the question anyway. Um go ahead and Text me it, I guess. Um, but what are the four railroads in Monopoly? Don't Google it. Wow, I'm like, I'm really struggling to remember this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just said I don't remember. Neither of you remember? Oh, you texted I think me. I got two, maybe. I no, think, I don't think yeah, I got I think them. I have one of them. Corbin, you got zero, right? <laughs> John said, I don't remember for zero. Um, it was the B&O reading, it was the reading railroad, the B and O railroad, the short line railroad, and the Pennsylvania railroad. Okay, I had B and O at least. You you texted me, I don't know for zero. Well, I know, but that just I said that one at least. But I couldn't remember anything. 
Oh, fine. Whatever, John. We'll give you a, a little W in Jeopardy. So I just get to be the host next time. I'm fine with that. I'm a yeah, that was a little host. tough. We'll uh, we'll iron out the kinks and maybe we can get something that works a little better. But it was our first attempt. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed some trivia. Yeah, not too bad. I love me some trivia. I didn't know that John was just a pop culture whiz, though. I'll keep that in yeah. mind for next time. I would say I have a wide variety of knowledge, Corbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very wide. But that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you're a new listener, follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review and give us five stars. Follow me on Twitter at LikeCorbyashi. We've got the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter accounts as well. Please DM me some ideas or text me. Get a hold of me in whatever way you can. Let me know what you'd like to hear. We'd love to put it on the show. Please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, I want to thank John again for uh, being our unofficial, official third wheel in this uh, crazy train we're on. And uh, good win in Jeopardy, my friend. I want to thank all the listeners. Want to Hopefully you'll give us five stars and let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear or change or anything we can do differently. Um, thanks for listening. And, John, you got anything to say to the viewers? Sometimes it's better left unsaid. And with that said, oh, wow.